Welcome back to Talk of the Town on 99.7 and 1450 WHTC on WHTC.com and on the WHTC app for your smartphone. Once again, here's your host, Gary Stevens. Welcome back to Talk of the Town for this Monday, January 22nd. It is the fourth Monday of the month, which means at this time we are joined by third term State House Representative, 85th House District, Brad Slaw of Zeeland Township, the Republican on the other side of our table this morning. Brad, good morning. Happy New Year, sir. Good morning, Gary, and thanks for having me in again today. It's a pleasure being here. Yeah, I'd like to say Happy New Year to all of our uh, regulars, even though you were a regular <laughs> to a certain extent, uh, but it was before the holidays. So right, it was. It was uh, a good time to have you in, and we appreciate that. And We're very happy to have Brad join us today. If you got a question for the former Zealand Township Supervisor and former Ottawa County Treasurer, as well as the current State House Representative, Brad will be happy to answer it at 616-395-1450, 616-395-1450. First of all, Brad, you had office hours this past Friday at three venues, and I was going to ask you if you got any input from some of the constituents. I have a funny feeling that maybe a lot of the constituents didn't know you had office hours. <laughs> you know, Gary, I, I don't know if they don't know that I have office hours. Um, they're they're either maybe not following um, the newspaper or the um, on websites or whatever to be able to see that. Um, but I had one mother and her four children show up. Um, and they showed up in Zealand, had a chance to just sit and chat with them that she had them, uh, their homeschooled children and, and she had quest had them come with questions. And so, um, we had a chance to talk about all different kinds of things about, um, about the job, about faith kind of things, about how does, uh, how do you live into, uh, the role of a legislator? So, and then what was my favorite color and those kind of things came out of the, just some of the younger uh, students in it as well. Can the legislature help with maybe making resources available for parents who choose to homeschool? Oh, we definitely have resources available. Um, things on the Constitution, things on other kinds of stuff that would be available through my office right now if somebody wanted to, to check with us. So we, you know, everything from... Um, activity coloring kind of stuff that re books that relate to Michigan, um, which could be used for really younger children. And then all the way through, um, you know, materials that could relate to the constitution or laws of, of the state of Michigan. Can though maybe other types of resources to help parents that choose to homeschool, excuse me, and to choose to homeschool, maybe give them some more tools then, you know, obviously strong student, lo uh, a strong teacher lobby, strong union lobby in that regard mm -hmm. about per people funding. But we're seeing more and more parents perhaps making the choice. I don't want to send my kids to school. I'm, I'm leery of the public school system. I don't think the parochial or the private school system is for me. I maybe I can't afford it. So I will homeschool my youngsters. Mm -hmm. And maybe there should be some more help without you know, sort of, you know, stepping on some th 
thumbs of union people who might be saying, hey, you know, this is uh, akin to vouchers and stuff like that. Yeah. I, the stuff that we would have would not be that. It would be but much could more. But so should there so, be? You know, I, I understand the thought process. I'm not sure that there should be. I think there could be. So, um, but I don't know what those materials would be or what they would look like. So yeah. it would take a little coordination to figure that out. You know, maybe this is something that the private sector or the nonprofit sector may have to step in to help more than the public sector so that there wouldn't be any issues with uh, not only the unions, but also uh, separation of church and state questions. Uh, yeah. So, but I'm just, it's you a know, great idea though. I, yeah. I think the, the concept is sound. Yeah. Because more, you know, again, I wouldn't say a lot, but we're getting more and more parents who are concerned mm -hmm. about what influences their youngsters have in schools and, in libraries and such, and so that question does come up. 616-395-1450, you have a question for State House Representative Brad Slaw. 616-395-1450. A week ago, fr this past Friday, was the uh, 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 Consensus Revenue Estimating Conference. Um, I don't want to say it was a surprise that there was still some extra money in the coffers, but then again, that was my first thought when I saw the reports and there were still extra money in the coffers, maybe yeah. not $9, million, $9 billion uh, like it was a year ago, but there's still more money coming in than going out right now. Yeah, that was uh, maybe, and like you, I probably wasn't surprised um, just having heard some, some ancillary data about the n amount of sales that are going on and things like that. It, it has been interesting. Um, the public across the United States has stepped in and said, we're, we've got some funding and we're going to go out and buy big ticket items and, and things, um, washers, dishwashers, whatever it might amount to, and, and replace things. And so there continues to be a movement uh, of purchases and that drives the sales tax and therefore we've got money in our coffers. Um, and I think that's been a surprise for everybody. Um, all of the, at least the revenue folks are, were like, yeah, they thought that we would see 2024, uh, budget year actually reduce in revenue. Um, and they're, they're really calling for something that's a little, maybe a little shorter than that in general fund, but in the school aid fund, they're actually talking about an increase. And so they're going to see an increase over the baseline budgets, not over what they got because they got a, that $9 billion went everywhere across the state, right? So there was a lot of money spent or a lot of money in this last budget that won't be in this budget. So you might even hear that there's cuts going on, but it would be because they had overspent what they got the last time. And part of it was the fact that there was the hope that if there was nine billion dollars in the, you know, in the budget overflow, mm -hmm. uh, some of it would have been spent to maybe, you know, drive down the state's debt, yeah, and 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 you know, put that in, make sure the rainy day fund is 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 well funded, but also spend it on things that don't need to have continual funding afterwards. If it's a, you know. Not ex not not established new programs that was going to need to be right. funded year in year out. Right. You know, 
take care of some maybe some one-time ticket things or mm -hmm. perhaps work on the infrastructure and, and do that. Well, that was, I hate to say it, but it was wishful thinking. Yeah, anything, no, more right. anything else. Uh -huh. But it would have been nice if, the, if, um, the, if lawmakers in the Democratic majority did that. Yes. Agreed. And that, you know, I, I uh, have been to several, um, out to several school districts in the last week. Um, to the school board meetings and just chatted with folks and and talked about where the budget's going and what's going on and um, you know in West Michigan our our school leaders have said hey we're we've got this money we're going to put it into programs that are ongoing existing programs and not start something brand new and so they're not going to have to fold something if the numbers go down um, so I'm I'm you know those are the kind of places you like to go because people aren't uh, fretting on how are they going to make ends meet. They're going to say, they're saying, Hey, if you can keep up with what we were at last year, we can make things go. 616-395-1450. If you have a question for state house representative Brad's law, 85th district is the official designation of where he is state house district 85. And he is running for reelection for a fourth two year term as the term limits were expanded uh, in the last statewide vote in 2022. Now, Brad, a question here about something that's happened over the last month or so. Uh, Governor Gretchen Whitmer was in the Grand Rapids area earlier this month to tout the um, basically the abolition of the pension tax, which is nice. He said that maybe like 500,000 households in Michigan would benefit from there. Nothing against the 5,000 households. But the question is, not every household, especially households who have, are, are with seniors, get pensions. They get Social Security. Mm -hmm. That's taxable. But they don't get pensions. Mm -hmm. They maybe you know don't work for a union. Right. And most, most pensions are unionized. Mm -hmm. uh, some say, well, you're you're hurting firefighters and and first responders who have pensions. But then I say, hey, in uh, there are private businesses that have pensions as well. Right. It just seems as if cutting this pension tax doesn't benefit everybody. Right, and I would totally agree with you, Gary. This the pension tax is something that is very specific to a small number of people at this point in time. At one point in time, pensions were everywhere, and it made sense. But today, I think where we're at. If we're not doing all income, if we're not stopping the taxes on all income at senior levels. So, um, you know, when I eventually get to the place where I can retire and um, should I have to pay income tax on my 401k stuff versus somebody who is in a pension and doesn't have to pay income tax on it, somehow that just doesn't seem very fair to me. But um I'd like it, and I'd like it to be fair. I think it ought to be. We're either getting rid of all the taxes, or we aren't. Well, the 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 cry is make people pay their fair share. Well, what is fair to one person maybe right. isn't so fair to another. That is a fact. <laughs> yeah, six one six three nine five fourteen fifty. If you have a question for State House Representative Brad Slaw, one thing you have brought up. <laughs> in your last visit and has been addressed in a court order that the uh, 
Independent uh, redistrict, uh, Redistricting Commission has to deal with drawing up new maps in the Detroit area, mm -hmm. uh, most notably for the Senate, a little bit in the House as well. Uh, it doesn't affect us out here, but I scratch my head, and I'll tell you about it in a second, but uh, you mentioned it in the first part about it when you were here late last month, uh, this redistricting and how that might change a little bit of the uh, you know, the way that the, the, the second half of this legislative calendar might be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So with the requirement to, that the judges have set to go back and redo the, um, the way that the maps were drawn specifically in the Detroit area, um, the, the contention the, of the lawsuit and the judge's decision was that it was the decisions were made, lines were drawn based on race and, Race is a protected class. You can't do that. And so they um, now have to go back and redraw seven districts in the House, six in the for the Senate. Um, and they will impact how, you know, it went from, it looks like the spoke of a wheel as many of those districts are long and narrow. Um, and that way they could include both downtown Detroit and um, out into the suburbs. And that's the thing that, that has created a problem. There They've got some first draft maps that have started coming out, and they have to, until February 2, I think, to get maps drawn and get them turned into the judge. I just scratch my head about the fact that there is, under the law, protected uh, 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 groups on those lines. But what about, you know, some of the gerrymandering that's happened where, you know, you have districts that, you know, especially in the congressional side, they run basically one state line to the other. Mm -hmm. Now tell me where is, you know, what outside of having the, you know, state being Michigan, <clears throat> what does St. Joe and uh, Erie, Michigan have in common? I mean, they're just opposite sides of the state. Right. You know, I just scratched my head about that. <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, but anyway, you know, and then, uh, well, anyway, if you want to talk about that, 616-395-1450, 616-395-1450. This coming Wednesday night, while we bring to you Hope College doubleheader basketball action, the Albion are in DeVos Fieldhouse for games against the Hope Flying Dutch, 530 here on 99.7, 1450 WHTC, and against the Flying Dutchman, 745 broadcast time on the Lakeshore's 92.7, the band. Well, somehow the governor's office did not get the memo that Hope College has home games played. So uh, she has decided to uh, have her state of the state address at the same time Hope is doing battle on the court with Albion. Yes, I know some of you might say, why don't you carry the governor's address? Well, we kind of like Hope College a little bit more. But anyway. And it was uh, scheduled first, right? Yeah. yeah. Maybe they could have, you know. Governor, you could have had it a different time. But anyway, right, exactly. uh, what can we expect from the governor's address more than anything else? Because she was crowing at the end of last year about uh, how all the things she said in last year's State of the State address got passed in this legislative year. And she was crowing about her victories in the legislature. More of the same, perhaps, this coming uh, Wednesday? Sure. Um, I think that's exactly what we could expect. Uh, and you know, they, the, the, with 
the Democrats holding all of the positions uh, of power in the state government, really in a, in a broad sense. The legislature, the governor, the secretary of state, really even the Sup Michigan Supreme Court um, are all lean in that direction. Um, we should expect to hear, um, you know, how we're going to bring in more dollars. We're going to grow the government. We're going to do a bunch of stuff. You know, but what I'd really like to hear is what happened to fixing the roads? Um, so where are we at and how are we going to get money for that? And how did, how come we didn't spend the part of that $9 billion on fixing roads, um, in this last year? Um, I, and I think, you know, one of the other things I'd like to hear is, okay, if, <clears throat> if we're continuing to see, <clears throat> excuse me, that's all right. Um, we're continuing to see opportunities to, um, grow as taxes are growing, then how about tax cuts? Where is that going to fall? And because, you know, part of what happened is there was a tax cut that was put in play um, through the, the way that amount of revenue was coming into the state. And uh, um, our governor, along with the attorney general, said, nope, it's not an ongoing tax cut. It's a one-year tax cut. So that was for 23, 2023. So we can expect taxes to grow in 2024. Um, so I'm, but I'm assuming that you're not going to hear that taxes are going up, um, even though that is truly what happened as part of this process. Silence is golden, and I have a funny feeling there'll be no mention of income or revenue in that right. regard. The other thing is, it'll be interesting to see the tone and the subject matter that is brought up. Whether or not this state of the state address is addressed to you and other lawmakers, to the residents of the state of Michigan, or perhaps a wider audience for future use, mm -hmm. if you know what I mean. I, I think I have a general <laughs> understanding. Good morning. You're on the line with Mr. Slaw. Yeah, you think you run for president or the governor of the state of Michigan? Yeah. Do you have any loftier ambitions <laughs> you know um my my goal is definitely not to uh go beyond where i'm at right at the moment but that doesn't mean that the lord might make a difference in in what i choose to do but at this point in time i'm really happy where i'm at in the state house i appreciate the call thank you 616-395-1450 uh electric vehicles and let's just say the efforts to try to shall we say, push this industry along faster than it probably should, uh, we might be paying the effects of this for, for a while, not only in high prices for those vehicles, but you got to get chargers, you got to get batteries, you got to get uh, charging stations. Uh, maybe we're pushing something that maybe needs to be, you know, ease off the pedal on this thing. Yeah. You know, Gary, it's really interesting at watching what happened like in the Chicago area and other places around the United States where we've got um, maybe a, a larger percentage of even of uh, electric vehicles and um, where places like states, uh, Illinois has already had uh, um, dollars in their coffer to help you if you're going to buy vehicles, if you buy an electric vehicle, States that are now mandating electric vehicles, like the state of Michigan, are saying, you know, within a certain number of years, we're going to have all electrical vehicles. Um, that didn't work out so well. And 
people leaving them along the side of the road because they they weren't able to charge them or get them uh, make all the all the way to a charging station. Um, and you know, I look at that and think, okay, we've got some cold weather here in the state of Michigan. How are how are you going to do electric buses? And how are you going to do electric snowplows? That because snowplows run twenty four hours a day. Those they take them down only for maintenance. Um, you know, during a snowstorm, we don't have time to charge them. Even in a fast charger, you don't have time to charge a snowplow like that. Um, so just as we go through this, it, it's really important, I think, to say, how are we going to do this in a wise way and, and rather than just trying to run something out? Need to bring this question up as we had a caller with one of our other elected officials wanting to get opinions of those who come on board here to their thoughts on the ongoing situation involving the state Republican party leadership. This past Saturday, Pete Hookstra was uh, on the second ballot appointed as the new chairman of the state Republican party. Former chairwoman uh, uh, Caramo is planning litigation against the Republican Party saying that the process was uh, done illegally. Those who made the move are countersuing uh, Karamo as well. As an elected official with, you know, the R behind your name, mm-hmm. how does this, where do you stand? I mean, in terms of, you know, does this bother your efforts or does it hamper your efforts or what? Yeah, so... Um, this is not pretty from an elected official's perspective. Um, we would like nothing more than to have a consolidated effort across all branches of the Republican Party to try and uh, win elections. And I, that's really what I see the value of the, of the state party, the national party, is to help win elections. Um, so when these kind of things are going on, that is enough divisive nature of that that it creates a problem for us, I think, as a whole for the state. Um, and so like for the house Republicans, we're working really hard to try and raise enough money so that we can offset. Cause normally the party, the state party helps us do mailings and things where we can consolidate, do lots of, uh, material at once and it, and do that in a more cost effective manner. Uh, we're going to lose that opportunity because we don't have, at least based on how things are working right now, um, the state party is, um, busy, fighting their own. Um, and that, that creates a problem. So we'd love to see nothing more than it get resolved, move us forward. Um, and I understand the concern of, of many of the folks on the conservative Republican party, um, on, on sides, how did the Chris, the, um, current party, I guess, how do you describe the current party? Whichever one is, was under Christina Caramo is, showing that uh, they've had a problem getting funds in and, and paying debts. And so there's there's definitely some concerns. If you need to get a hold of State House Representative Brad Slaw's office, the number is 517-373-0841, 517-373-0841, or go online to gophouse.org. That's gophouse.org. And scroll down in the front uh, pan- uh, panel to State Representative Brad Slaw, S-L-A-G-H. Brad, as always, thank you very much for your thoughts and observations. Wish you and everyone well, and look forward to chatting with you again next month. Great deal. Thanks, Gary. Thanks for having us in. Thank you very much. Brad Slaw, 99.7 and 1450 WHDC.